0: Well, we are in week two of uh, God's Love series. And last week, we talked about the main point. Love is ultimately from God, wherever love is manifested. It points back to the owner and the source, God himself. And we used a definition from Piper that God's love paid the highest price, the life of a son, for undeserving enemies, which is us, to give the greatest happiness, which is salvation and eternity, to enjoy forever. The greatest end of man is to love God, and to enjoy him forever. And that's why I had, the question was, how are you finding contentment in God's love today? And we talked about it, the attributes of God, that it's like this kaleidoscope. And I know my granddaughter, who's four years old, little Hazel May, was watching the service because Micah and Kayla gave Hazel May a little kaleidoscope, and she came running up to me yesterday, go, look, I had kaleidoscope just like yours. So she had watched me. Talk about this. That God's attributes is like this. No matter what turn, if I shake it up, I see something new. God is unending in who he is, but he's defined by his character, by his attributes. And that's how we get to know God is through there. And they're all interconnected. You can't approach it like a smorgie board of just picking and choosing what you want to, I want this of God and I want this of God. No, God is God. You have to worship him as he is because if not, then you're just creating your own idol. Today I wanna to focus in on the, God's eternal love and his loyal love. There was a man who, uh, well, we, call, we, we would call him a stingy man, tight with his money. Matter of fact, every paycheck that we, he would come, he would take $20 and put it under his mattress. Well, he lived a long life, so you can imagine how many $20 bills were in this, under this mattress. And he was dying on his deathbed, and he called his wife over. He says, honey, I just want, I just, I need you to promise you'll do something for me. Yes, honey, whatever. I want you to take all this money that I've, that I've put underneath the mattress, and I, I want you to put it in my coffin so that I can take it with me. And she agreed. She agreed, I, honey, I promised, and he died funeral came, they did the service, opened casket, and right before the, the funeral directors was ready to close the casket door, the wife gets up and she had a beautiful box. She walks up to the casket and puts the box inside, gives them a kiss on the forehead, and they close the casket door. She goes back to sit down, her best friend sitting next to him. What, what was that box? Well, I promised my husband that I would take all his money and put it in the casket so he could take it with him. You put all that money that he stored in that casket? You're gonna bury that? Well, I first put it into a bank account and then I wrote him a check for the entire money. (laughs) And I put it in the box so I would keep my promise to him. I was gonna tell that story like it really happened to me, but then i get emails, right? anyway. It's not true, okay. Thank God that God's promises don't run like that, right? Let's look at eternal love, and this is important to understand when we talk about God, his eternal love. Now there are five words that the Bible starts with that are very controversial words, especially in today's culture. Some of you can say it just by Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. Five words. And the reason these are controversial is because, one, it says there was a beginning. There was a the beginning of the universe. Controversial. And it also says there's a God. Controversial. And it was God who created things. Controversial. And so in the midst of this, it's talking about who God is. But I want to understand, in the beginning, God, it's not saying God had a beginning. Because there is no beginning with God. God has always been there. He is self-existent. He's always existed. Now, I've had people come up to me when they say, well, you know, God, well, who created God? If God created me, then who created God? Now, usually when they ask that question, it's more of a sarcasm. They really don't want to know the answer. They're not really seeking anything. And so I will reply, which is normal reply I said, well, here's the deal. God created me. And I don't know who created God. I believe that God's always been there. But let's say someone created God. Then you will ask me, then who created him? And you go, who created, who created? And that could go on forever, right? Yes. See, here's the deal. you got to just be concerned with the God who created you. That's who you got to answer to. And usually that shuts them up and they don't know anything. Because they're really not interested in understanding that. And it's hard to, because we're bound by time for us to try to gather... Put in our brain that God has always existed. And we know from science that the universe, whether you call it the Big Bang or what, there was a beginning to the universe. They, they can't explain that away. That the, the, the galaxies are speeding away from each other. Watch the YouTube thing I was talking about. There are themes in our gut gal- right now that they're tracking at the speed of light, which I don't know how they track at the speed of light, but that they're flying around in, in, in the universe at the sp- speed of light. But God being eternal, this is based in the scripture. And this is, this is important when we look at God's love. Psalm 90 verse 2 puts it this way. Before the mountains were born or were, brought, or were brought forth to the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. This everlasting to everlasting means, guys, it's eternal. God has been here for eternity. Moses has been directed to be the spokesperson for God for the nation of Israel and as he's being sent to Egypt to rescue his pe- the people he says who shall i say sent me and in exodus 3 verse 14 it says that God said to Moses tell him this i am who i am this is what you are to say to the israelites that i am has sent me to i am has sent me to you this I am is talking about there's been no one before, there's no one after, I'm it. I'm self-existent. I am who I am. And even Jesus Christ in John 5:58, when he was asked where he's come from who, and all this, he uses the exact same thing. I tell you the truth, Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am. He was declaring his deity, that he was God, which also means that he had eternity on his side as well. And people say, well, Jesus never said he was God. He just did. And we know he just did because the very next verse, the Jews are finding stones to stone him because of blasphemy. Because they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Even John 1.1, the Apostle John, when he starts the Gospel, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, we call this the Trinity, all have eternity. They have all always been there. And why this is is important to believe is because if he's been there for all eternity, then his love is eternal based on eternity. That's where we get the concept of eternal love. I mean, we often fall in love, and we can say, well, I fell out of love. That's not true with God. God's love is eternal. And we see this in what is called the covenant of redemption. You read the Bible, there are a bunch of covenants. Covenants is usually establishment between Two people, whether it's a business deal, whether it's a family deal, uh, but there are covenants in the Bible where it's a covenant between God and man. You saw that with the Abrahamic uh, covenant. But there is the covenant of redemption which is rooted and grounded in eternity itself. And the importance of this covenant of redemption is this, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from the very beginning decided To redeem man, which means when we read the Bible, we see God creating all things. He created man, created Adam and Eve. They they were given specific instructions not to eat of a certain tree. They did, and they fell into sin at that point in time. But here's the deal. The covenant of redemption was established before anything was created, before mankind, it wasn't like mankind felt, all right, we gotta come up with an idea of what we're gonna do about this. The covenant of redemption was decided before a mountain, before a star, before you or I were ever thought of, that he knew he was going to redeem man from the very beginning. He knew from eternity that man needed to be saved, and thus the, the eternal plan was established. And why that's important, guys, is you have to, if it's God's eternal love, that God is eternally loving, it doesn't go away because he started it before I was even here, before Adam and Eve was even created. He knew that he had to save mankind, and so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came up with a covenant a redemption a plan in order for that to exist. That's why when Jesus Christ Jesus I mean here we are approaching Christmas soon and you know the whole incarnation of Jesus becoming Jesus becoming flesh but the redemption of man wasn't just begun because Jesus came into the flesh. It wasn't his. the redemption of man when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit came on him. The redemption of man started way back at the beginning of everything that was decided before anything was ever created. The book of Philippians, chapter two, Paul writes this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. That was established, that this was going to happen before anything was created. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him... Into the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and heaven and on earth under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ came because this plan was established here where the Son would submit Himself to the Father. He would come in human form. And even when he was here, that's why all the scriptures talk about, he says, I have to be about my father's business. He got all his directions from his father. I only speak what I see the father doing. I speak on the authority that the father gives me. Everything was connected because back here, the covenant of redemption was established that the son would come. And when the son came, that was going to ha- how they were going to redeem man. The eternal word, the word that always existed decided on his own that he was going to submit himself to the Father and then come to the point where he's going to redeem mankind. In your notes in the back, there's a further study area where Charles Hodge, who wrote a systematic theology, wrote down, and I put it there, eight promises the Father gave to the Son of what he was promising to him in the midst of him coming down here in an incarnate and flesh form and everything that he was doing, all the promises that God gave to his son. There was just no time to go through that today. I want you to understand God will forever keep his promises because it was established at the very beginning the redemption of man, his love for mankind was established before a mountain a star or us were even here and that's why we can say god's love is eternal because it has started in eternity and it is never going to go away he will forever love us now god's loyal love that's an interesting concept um you know, Valentine's Day. I was thinking back to when I was a kid at Valentine's Day. Remember grade school, Valentine's Day. Now I'm going to date myself. Because I don't even know, because, you know, I guess Hazel May's four now. That'll happen. I don't, do they even allow Valentine's cards anymore? Is that politically correct? Uh, because in my day, when you, got a, when you did a Valentine's card, I mean, my mom was six kids. She was buying a lot of cards. You know, you'd go home and you'd fill it out. You wouldn't fill it out for everyone. You're not going to give your buddy Sam a Valentine's card. You may give him a sucker or something, but you fill out the card, Be My Valentine, and then you go around the room and put it on the desk. Some, some of you may have boxes where they were placed in the boxes, and the whole point of this, so when you got home, you could open up the box and see how popular you are. How many cards did you get? right? Well, I got 22. I got 47. You know, I, I just—I guess it depended on the class because that's how you marked whether people truly loved you or not. And we do that today with likes and friends on Facebook of how popular. We're still doing that today. But here's the, here's the deal. Real love cannot be measured. And that's when you get to the loyal love of God. In the book of Exodus, chapter 34, there's a place here where Moses, he'd already gotten the Ten Commandments, he came down the mountain, and the people were sinning, and he throws and breaks them. Now, in Exodus 34, God's telling him, all right, we need to get another set. So, he says, chisel out another set, come on to the mountain, only you come out of the mountain, and he's gonna give him another set, not additional ten, not ten Commandments, the same ten. But it says here that And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, now this is God proclaiming, about himself. God's showing us who he is. And this this statement is repeated throughout scripture. The Lord, the Lord, which whenever you see it in capital letters, you know that that's God's name. That's Yahweh. So Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, who's slow to anger, abounding in love, and faithfulness. God's given us a, a character of who He is so that we can understand this is who God is. And of all those words, the one where it says abounding in love that's underlined there, this is the word in, in Hebrew. I had to phonetically write it out because it starts with a KH, but it's Kased. That's how you say it. I listened to it a bunch of times by a Hebrew guy, Kased. And it's found over 250 times in the Bible, this word, chesed. And it means, it, it's a difficult word to translate because it has many meanings to it. It combines the idea of love, generosity, and enduring commitment. An act of promise, keeping loyalty that is motivated by a deep personal care. So idea of love, generosity, and enduring commitment. We see this in the book of Ruth you know the story of Ruth, Ruth is married to a Jewish man who passes away. But not only does he pass away, his brother passes away, his dad passes away. So there is no one to take care of Ruth. The only one left is Naomi. And Naomi tells Ruth, go back to your people. You can't stay here. And Ruth says, I am going nowhere. I'm going to stay here. In Ruth 3.10 it says, the Lord bless you, my daughter, he, re- he replied. The kindness, this kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier to Naomi. The word kindness, again, is kased. It is not based because Naomi said, I, I can't give anything to you, Ruth. But that's not what loyal love is based on. It's not what I can gain from you. It's because out of my generosity, out of my loyalty to you, that I'm going to show love. The story of Jacob is much the same way. You have Jacob. Now Jacob and Esau. Jacob stole Esau's birthright. Heads out of town, running away for fear of his life. 20 years he's gone. God tells him, you need to get back to your brother. You need to go back home. And so as he's going back, he says this, he praises Genesis 32, 9 through 10. The Lord prayed, O God, my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Isaac, O Lord, you said to me, go back to your country, your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness. that again, right there. He says, I'm unworthy of it. But God didn't show that because of Jacob's worthiness. You're not showing it because you're worthy, you're showing it because that's who you are. You're gonna be generous, you're gonna be loving, you're gonna be kind because that is what chesed means. It wasn't based on who Jacob was, it was based on who God is. The story of Moses, same way. God rescues Israel out of Egypt, and Israel just keeps blowing it, and blowing it, and blowing it, to the point where God's done. God's gonna start over. Moses, I'm gonna gonna wipe them all out. I've had this with them, and I'm now gonna just focus in on you. I'll make a great nation out of you. And Numbers 14, verses 17 through 19 says this. Now, may the Lord's strength be on display. Just as you have declared, the Lord is slow to anger, Abounding in love. Here it is again. Remember what you told me. I remember what you said in Exodus 3. Abounding in love. Cassette, And forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children of their sins from fathers to the third and fourth generation. Let's go to the next slide. In accordance with your great love. Cassette again. Again, your great love of abounding and generosity is not based on them. It's based on who you are. Psalm 136. We just got done singing this psalm. And I want us to do this. We haven't done this for a while as far as a responsive reading. I'm going to read the letters in white and I want you to say the letters in yellow. But I don't want you to say, His love endures forever. All right, because you're missing the point. This is the psalmist's kind of <coughs> rewinding history of just going, guys, let's talk about who God is. So, you ready? You and Lodi got to do the same thing. You guys at home got to do the same thing. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Love forever. Give thanks to God of gods. Love forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Love forever. To him who alone is great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. I just missed the page. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun sun to govern the day. The The moon and the stars to govern the night. (coughs) To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. And brought Israel from among them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the desert, who struck down the great kings and killed the mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites. Come on, you're, you're, wet, you're, you're losing energy here. Ah, king of B- B- Bashan. <coughs> and gave the inheritance of his servant Israel to the one who remembered us in a lowest state and freed us from our enemies. Who gives food to every creature. Give thanks to God of heaven. Who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords over all the rulers of the earth? Who is greater than a virus? Who is wiser than any governor, president, congressperson, or school board? Is larger than any employer? Who is bigger than any mandate? Who is the author and perfecter of our faith? Now, you got a little bit louder in those last ones. And the reason you got louder, because that's what you're going through now. Amen. David, when he wrote, he was rehearsing Israel's history. Which, we need to do that. Matter of fact, that, that's an assignment for you. There are 150 Psalms in the Bible. I want you to write Psalm 151. But I want you to write your story I mean, I, it's not in your notes as an assignment because I didn't think of it until this morning out in my poker room as I was working through this. Because I saw in my, in my brain, because I see things, I said, how cool would it be in the house to have this thing where it just where every time something happens that is good, this happened, I got this today. His love endures forever. And you just keep filling it out. Can you, what, what, a, what a great thing, parents. You, do, you, you go back to, man, I got married to my beautiful bride. Boy, his love endures forever. And you just start remembering all the great things that have happened. And even the difficult times. Because we tend to forget that. And then it has places to continue to add where the kids could add something. I graduated grade school today. Little Johnny said he wanted to be my boyfriend. A girlfriend. I mean, all of a sudden, we write that in of this rolling. God is so faithful. Because remember, the Dead Sea, when he says, and you threw the enemies in the Dead Sea. Yeah, but they were being chased and hunted. And I mean, all those things are true, but that doesn't change that his love endures forever, that it's abounding. R.C. Sproul says this about God's loyal love. It is a love that is never fickle, but remains constant. It is an abiding love that is not abandoned at the first sign or strain. It is persistent and persevering, overcoming the irritations and annoyances that would threaten its continuity. It's not based on who I am, it's based on who he is. One of the best examples of that in the New Testament. I believe Jeff read this, parts of it, uh, two weeks ago. Romans 8, 31-39, of his cassette. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all known, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge (coughs) against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died? More than that, who was raised to life at the right hand of the Father? It is also interceding for us at this time. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or mandates, or viruses, or whatever? get fill in the blank. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is loyal to those who follow him. God's love is eternal, being that it was established before anything else was. His covenant of redemption was established before anyone was here or before a star was in the sky. God's loyal love, his cassette, is generous and it's based on who he is, not who we are. God will forever keep his promises. There was a hymn writer by the name of Francis Harvigal. I may be singing that wrong. And... You probably couldn't recall a hymn, but I know we've sung it before. Here's one of them. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Right? Some of you were raised in the church. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in endless praise. Well, she died at a young age, 43, and while she was on her deathbed, she asked a friend, to read Isaiah 42 to her. And when that person got to Isaiah 42, verse 6, which says this, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. And at that, she stopped her friend from reading. And she just repeated these words. Called, take hold of my hand, kept. And she said this, I can go home on that. Called, because he promised, he called me. Held by his hand. He's the one that brought me into the kingdom. He's the one who shown me. And he's the one who's promising me to take me home and kept. Because all the promises of God are forever true. God will forever keep his promises. Because his, his love started in the beginning before anything was here. And it's based on, cassette. it's not based on anything that I do. It's all because of who he is. Any faceted, facets of God that when I look at even if this was just God's love it's just amazing all the colors and shapes and everything that it shows worth to. I challenge you this week write psalm 151 take time to remember I think one of the greatest things out of the journey that that we offer here is one of the things you map out your life because we tend to forget those things and you know you would take your life you just put things you just start filling out little sticky pads i still (coughs) have those boards in my office and sticky pads are this, 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 this. And then one thing would lead to another thing, and you'd start lining them up in order of dates. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then you'd have to trade out the yellow ones for a different color because the color was going to represent this it was difficult things you went through. And all of a sudden, there was your entire life before you. That was, that was well worth the price of admission right there because I got to see how God had operated in my life. That's my Psalm 151, at least the beginning is still going. I mean, things that take place that we can, we can put down. I'm a patent holder. I've been working on a patent for one year, seven months and 13 days, and it just came through this last week. Put that down. His love abounds forever, even though it took a year, seven months and 13 days. And some promises take longer than that to fulfill. That would just keep adding to the list. Because why? God's love is eternal. God's love is loyal. It's not based on who I am. It's based on who he is. Father in heaven, I pray that, Lord, we'd be encouraged by these truths. Lord, help us through this week of the the things that we're going to have to face, the joys and the difficult times, they're coming our way. But you promised to be a light to our feet, which means today, which means you're not done with us yet because we woke up today. So thank you for giving us today. Help us take advantage of this. Help us be a light to shine And what faithful followers of Jesus Christ live like, look like, and how we operate. Father, to draw... People to you and we pray this in jesus name amen guys god bless you we'll see you next week thanks for tuning in to horizon community Church's podcast our hope and prayer is that wherever you are you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way more information about horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org